You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. All right, we started a teaching series two weeks ago, which we tagged Emerge. Um, and the first week, the first Sunday of this year, we spoke about my highway or the highway. Yeah, my highway or the highway, just essentially referencing what it is that we do as humans. We make plans and then we ask God to bless those plans. We make plans and we ask him. We don't check with him, you know. And we, we, we spoke quite extensively about just positioning to be able to emerge into all that God has created us to be this year. Last week as well, uh, we continued the conversation with a, 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 a title called I Can Be More. I Can Be More. I can be more. And essentially, we're talking about our lives as a seed and how God has also then not only created us to be able to reproduce after his kind, but has embedded in us seeds that represent talents, abilities, gifts, you know, graces, callings um, in different areas and for different um, forms of expressions. Uh, we see how God has put these things in us. And so we spoke about how to steward these, um, these giftings. We spoke, spoke about how to visualize our lives as seed, how we needed to constantly ensure that we are planted in God this year because that is how to emerge. That is how to evolve into the fullness of the person that God has created you and I to become. Okay? So um, today we continue um, with the conversation. Now I'm, I'm supposed to speak about purpose-driven life study today. But I'm just going to say this very quickly because we have quite a lot to catch up on um, on today's message. And it sort of ties into it. But the title of today's study is When God Seems Distant. And reading it this morning, I feel like we all can relate to this. So I'm going to encourage you. If you don't have the book or you don't have the soft copy of the book, um, you can get, you can access today's reading on purposedrivenlife.com, I think, Demiladi. It's purposedrivenlife.com. It's uh, day 14, yeah? Is it 14 or 15? Anyway, it's 14, yeah. So when God feels distant, it's something we all should read because they are, so the author um, explains several reasons why people feel distant from God and fundamentally reminds us that God never leaves. God doesn't take a walk, he doesn't take a break. His word says to us, I will not leave you nor forsake you. So even if you are not feeling his presence, be rest assured that he's still there with you. And oftentimes, things like sin, you know, or in a season of trials and pains, last week we spoke about, you know, um, being able to undertake pain and pressure and not cowering or shying away from the pain and pressure that comes with, with uh, seed time. You know, the author also references that here and how that sometimes you're in a season of waiting or a season of pain and it feels as if God isn't there. It feels a million miles away. So please, I'd encourage you, do um, catch up on this particular part, especially if you're in that phase of life where you feel God is really, really far from you. Amen. All right. Um, so today's topic is tagged level up. I thought somebody would be excited. I, I literally can hear the level up, level up, level up in my head. Yeah, so please let me tell somebody, level up. <laughs> you need to level up this year. It's part of our, 
it's part of our goals for this year as we emerge, you know, as we evolve. We need to become the people God has created us to be. It's interesting that, I mean, I, I will not say by show of hands, but for some people, part of your New Year resolution, every year you must upgrade your phones, yeah? Some people are on the latest iPhones, the latest S, Samsung S, whatever now. And by, as in constantly, as it's coming out, you are replacing. But are you leveling up your life? Are you upgrading your life? What version are you right now in the scheme of your journey? Are you using version 1.0? Or have you evolved from that? And are you looking to evolve in a whole lot more this year? So those are the things we'll be talking about this morning, yeah? So I'm going to just very quickly, I found some dictionary definitions for level up, just in case all the definition you know is the one that Ciara said, or the one that Bonaboy gave you, eh? Dictionary definition. Somebody just asked me, VWS, how do you know Bonaboy? May the Lord forgive you. All right, it says to increase or improve something in order to make it the same as other things of its type. It is to go to a higher level or standard, to change, to morph into a higher level or standard. It also means to increase something in order to remove a disparity, you know, and disparity is a great difference. So you are in version 5.0. That is where, at least in your journey in God's script, you are in version 5.0, version 7.0, but you are functioning at version 3.0 or version 2.5. So to remove that disparity and whatever it is that is preventing you from being that version 7.0 that God is currently seeing in your journey. It also means to improve your current station in a way that feels like a powerful stuff has happened to shape or shift your form and your nature, all right? So we're gonna play a very quick guessing game now. My fantastic multimedia personnel, can we do this? Before you put up the pictures, so I'm gonna show you pictures of some people. Now, if you've been with us in LifePoint long enough, you probably know them. If you haven't, it's all right. But we're gonna to attempt to guess who they are. Yeah, can we do that? So can I have the first picture? Who's this? Ha! Ah. Ah. <laughs> Any other guess? Let's do three tries. Pastor Idris, Pastor Folusha, PFA, who else? Somebody said Nifemi. Okay, looks like we're having Pastor Folusha a lot more. Okay. All right. Next picture. Who's this? Daniel. Daniel. <laughs> it's so obvious. Daniel hasn't changed. Okay, next picture. Who is that? The, we're looking at the older person, the older girl. Who's that? Pastor Folusha, who else? Any other thoughts? Akko, okay. BWS, okay, three tries. All right, move on, next picture. The older guy, who's that? Oh, well, the guy, PFA. Demilade, how many people think it's Demilade? Do we have any other option? Oh, if I even know the girl. Okay, so you're correct. And then, next picture. Who's that? Uh-uh. <laughs> any other option? Sharon, somebody say Sharon. BWS, who else? Pastor Kidele? Uh-uh. 
options. No, but you guys, look at that face. Look at that scowl. That, that, this child has been choleric. Whose child is this? Choleric from birth. Who is that? Joko. OK. Or Ajayi Crowder. <laughs> All right, next picture. No, the idea is for, is for you're supposed to get who, what, whose baby is that, whose child that is, but it's OK. <laughs> But that's PI. All right, let's go back to the beginning. So let me tell you guys. So that's Ruby. How many people know Ruby? Yes, he's such, he's such a beautiful baby. Next, Daniel, obviously. Next, Pastor Folusha. You guys are correct. Next, Demilade. You guys are correct. Pastor Demilade. Next, BWS. <laughs> So you, those who said BWS, you guys are correct. Now, wow, well, I don't know what gave me away. Was it the eyebrows or the scowl? Which one? I'm trying hard to smile a lot more. I've been working on that. <laughs> All right, let's get into the words. Okay, so we've defined level up, but you see now I put up all these pictures here just so you understand how we evolve. You know, sometimes you look at where you are, your current station in life, and you feel like, man, God did not try. You just did not try at all. Either you're, you're uncomfortable about your looks, you're uncomfortable about your current station in life and all. But let me tell somebody, just chill, relax. I mean, compare that frowning baby to the person in front of you now. There's been a, there's, there's been a lot of transformation, amen? God is kind, very kind and merciful. Can we have that um, slide on the life cycle of um, a butterfly? Because a butterfly helps us understand exactly how we morph, yeah? It goes from the egg stage to the lava face to the pupa, and I mean, we all did this in biology, right? So you're familiar, and then it becomes an adult butterfly. But I find that a lot of times, you and I, we are at the egg stage or at the lava stage, and we complain and grumble, and we are very short-sighted. We never see how we will ever get to that beautiful orange butterfly that we're looking at. So you know how last week I spoke about if seeds could talk? So just imagine now that we are, you and I, we are the lava or the egg, and we are complaining and grumbling, or we are in, the, in fact in the pooper stage there, and where you just feel really cocooned. And so last week we spoke about us as seeds, our lives as seeds being planted in the ground, and then when we're planted, Oftentimes, we don't enjoy that feeling of aloneness or feeling of just forsaking everything and just focusing on where we are and our journey at that point in time, or not being in the limelight, or not being famous or influential. We complain and we're really very unhappy about that season. And for different people, it represents different things. It's a season of waiting, and then we translate that waiting to delay. God, it has not happened because you have forsaken me. God, this, um, this is pending because, you know, I'm just in that phase where you hate me. You hate me because I'm unworthy. And then the devil starts to sell ideas to us, which we believe and we own. So imagine that we're all at that pooper face, you know, the lava, lava, that is lava, you can still crawl, caterpillar. But when you get cocooned, it's really uncomfortable. And so there's a story of the man who saw a butterfly trying to come out of that chrysalis, the cocoon. 
and thought, the butterfly was struggling and thought in his wisdom to help the butterfly. What do you think happens? The butterfly never knew how to fly, couldn't fly. So his journey and the process was cut short and so it could not evolve into what it's actually supposed to be, which is a full butterfly that can fly. You and I need to ask ourselves, how are we planning to cut short the process? Are there things, are there decisions that we're currently making that might appear as though we are cutting short the process? Because we must emerge. We must evolve into the person, the version that God has proposed for us so that we can take advantage and, and, and leverage the opportunities that he's bringing our way this year. Amen? All right. I need you to follow me because I'm not wearing my glasses, so I can see in Jesus' name. Amen. Mm. I just want to be sure you don't slip off on me. Um, the egg already had the capacity to be a butterfly from the onset, given. So at that egg face, please can we have that um, picture up? At the egg face there, the butterfly was already in it. In it. How many people agree? So you and I, in our current station, in our current faces, we have it in us to be who God has called us to be. But two things need to happen, and that's what we want to undertake this morning. You might feel like an egg right now. You might yearn for the next step of growth in your cycle. Or maybe you even feel like you've been stuck for too long in the cocoon. But my encouragement to you this morning is not to get frustrated with the process or attempt to shorten it. I'm reminded of that story where if you've been in if you've been a Christian long enough, you may have read a tract or heard a story, or well, it's digital age, so maybe you've stumbled on it online. But I read it in a tract where some three guys were on, on a journey and they were carrying their crosses. How many people are familiar with that story? So everybody had a cross. Ah, them lady, you didn't raise up your hands. You and I are like same age group now. <laughs> but anyway, everybody had a cross and then they were going, they, were, they started out a journey, they were handed crosses, and everybody started. And two of the guys were complaining bitterly because their crosses were heavy, really heavy, and they were dragging, and I mean, everybody's cross was heavy. It wasn't like they gave somebody a smaller cross than the other. Everybody had the same, like an equal measure. So these guys decided to help themselves, and so they resized the cross, two of them. They, they just cut it up at the sides, like how you and I can be very smart sometimes. They recite wisdom now. This, you know how we say things like, this thing is an inanimate object. It cannot speak. It should not be wiser than me. And so they recite the cross. But one person didn't recite his cross. So they went ahead, of course. They were faster, more nimble, and of course, they got to their destination. <laughs> they didn't get to their destination. They got to a bridge. It was a river and they needed the cross to cross over. But they have resized it. The guy who did not resize his cross obviously got there, put the thing in there, and it fit perfectly. He crossed over, picked his cross, and continued his journey. So you may be faster, but at the end of the day, that shortcut will probably land you in trouble. So just building on that thought, yeah? 
it says that, I'm going to read a scripture very quickly. In the book of Acts, chapter 6, from verses 66 to 69, it says, From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. Then Jesus said to the twelve, Do you also want to go away? But Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Oh, no, I'm reading the wrong scripture. I should be reading Acts uh, 4. Acts 4. Now when they saw the boldness, this is verse 13, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled and they realized that they had been with Jesus. Acts 4.13. Action words that jump out at us. First of all, they saw. Then they perceived and then they realized. But all of these things was hinged on one fundamental fact, and it is the fact that these guys, Peter and his compatriots, had been with Jesus. Who are you planning to hang out with this year? Now, we've been fasting, we've been praying, we've been studying God's word, using the Purpose Driven Life devotional. And our desire is to continue till the end of this year and even beyond. But again, I'm asking someone here, what is your hangout plan? Because if all that your resolution is, is to have more friends, and which is great, network a lot more, fantastic. I mean, God has created us for community and not isolation. So it's important that you make friends. But you see, the best friend that you need to have, that we need to have, is Jesus. The person we should plan to spend a significant portion of our time with is Jesus. Because we see how spending time with Jesus here produces direct results that people can see. You don't need to talk too much. They see it. They said they saw, they perceived, and they realized that, come, the way they, these guys, they don't, they're not educated. They're not literate. But the reason why they are bold the reason why they are producing results like this, the reason why they are beyond their individual um, outlook or capabilities, why it looks like they're, they're, they're living an extraordinary life, is because they've been with Jesus. And so I'm hoping that someone lives here with that ginger, that resolve to want to spend time with Jesus, spend time knowing him, Spend time worshiping him. Spend time living for him. And as you desire to do this, I trust that God will grant you the grace you need to be able to stick and follow through till the end of the year. That by the time we're celebrating December 31st, you're like, man, God, this has been an amazing year. This has been the best year ever. I pray that that will be somebody's testimony in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right, so a few things we want to point out here, or two things, two thoughts. To be able to level up, to be able to emerge to that place and that fullness that God has planned for you. One is your individual commitment to the process. And the second is the help, the supernatural help and capacity of the Holy Spirit. He needs to incapacitate you. And we, our case study, obviously, is Peter. 
If you studied the scriptures long enough, you'll know Peter's journey, who he was and who he became. And that is really encouraging because Peter was by no means a perfect person. Absolutely not. I mean, there's a reason why we're not using Jesus as a case study here. Because you and I would just feel like we, we, we keep falling short of the standards. But with Peter, Peter my guy, we can relate. And let's see. So the first thing is, Peter met with Jesus. He had an encounter. He had a meet-up with him. At the Sea of Galilee, Jesus shows up. First of all, Jesus would see him, would call him and his brother, and they would agree to follow him. They left their fishing profession, and they went with Jesus. Then we see how he would, at some point in time, generously donate his boats, despite having had a really tough night of toiling and catching nothing, or unfruitful labor, unproductive labor. Every time I read that story, I'm encouraged. Because sometimes our plans, our strategy will not pan out the way we want it to. And then it feels like God is then placing a, a, a demand for a sacrifice from us. And when I say sacrifice, I'm not referring to money. Let nobody, don't assume it's just money. But sometimes God would want you to set aside your own pain. And we see it in the life of Joseph. Put aside your own worries just so you can attend to someone else's issues. Um, Peter and Joseph, you know, at some point in time in their lives where their journey didn't make sense. I mean, Joseph was in prison for something he didn't do. But he would observe the countenance of the baker and the butler. He could see that they were worried. My sisters and my brothers, if you are carrying your own problem on your head, how will you see that somebody else is worried? If you are consumed with your own problems, you can never say that someone else is worried. Peter, on the other hand, at some, after going out, you can imagine, if you're in business, you know what it is, especially if your business is retail, where you don't sell anything in a day or in a week. That can be really frustrating. And then Jesus shows up on the scene and says, see, everything you have here, please, um, I need to use it to feed some people. Would you not say he should just pack himself away and go and sit down somewhere? What would be your natural human response? But Peter would give his boats. Jesus had need for it, so he gave him his boats. Do what you please with it. And Jesus would finish his assignments and would reward Peter. So Peter did not have knowledge of the fact that Jesus would reward him when he was giving generously. Neither did Joseph have knowledge of the fact that this pathway was his, the pathway to his next level when he was attending to the butler and the baker when he was interpreting their dreams and asking them, he went to them, they didn't come to him, asking them what's going on, why do you look so downcast? And they would share their, their challenges with him and he would interpret. He had no idea that, that, that through that encounter is, uh, lies his blessing. So, Peter met Jesus. The second thing in Peter's journey, we're talking about his individual commitment here. Please can we, for, we have slides now. Multimedia. Please utilize the slides. Thank you. The second thing in Peter's journey was the fact that he became hungry for more. So he had experienced Jesus, to, 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 he had met with him, but he wanted more. And we see this in Matthew 14, verses 28 and 29. He was determined to go all the way with Jesus. He wanted to go all out for him. In fact, it's what you refer to as your all-the-way type guy, all-the-way Christian. 
he would say to Jesus, bid me come. Command me to come. This was when Jesus was walking on water and Peter saw him. Peter was the only one amongst the disciples there in that boat that could say to Jesus, if it really is you, ask me to come. And Jesus would simply respond, come. And Peter, without thinking, steps out. So, you know, I mean, we, we, we look at Peter's life and we can say, oh, he, he probably was very impulsive. But that was him. He wanted more. He wanted to engage with, with, with Jesus a whole lot more. He wanted to understand his ways. Um, the water-walking Christian is the believer who will step out at the instance of God's word. And that has got to be you and I this year. Ready to, at thy word, you know, Peter would say that again. Remember the story I just told now where he had told all night, Jesus came and borrowed his boat. He would say, nevertheless, at your word, I will cast my net. This one, he said, Jesus, just say the word. Tell me to come, I will come. And Jesus gave him the word and he responded. And I'm reminded of someone else who also behaved this way. And it's Abraham. Abraham, you know, Scripture says to us that God just commanded him, leave your father, leave your mother, leave your country, leave, just get up and come. I will take you to, to a land that I will make known to you. And Abraham will get up and engage on this journey. You and I, at least I can speak for myself, in my walk with God, I'm one of those his children that he's had to, you know, he's, he's walking on because we ask a lot of questions. And it's okay to ask questions. But I'm evolving from that place, or yeah, to, to a large extent, I've evolved from that place where I'm just questioning everything to the place where I'm just trusting. God, you gave the word, I will act. Nevertheless, at your word, I'm taking action. And that has got to be you and I this year, that we would act on God's word. What is the word that he's given to you? What has he told you? What has he spoken to you to do? You would emerge through action, through steps, and through decisions that align with divine instruction this year. So you have got to be able to position yourself in a place to hear, to receive divine instruction. And that cannot be with the way you have maybe lived previously, where your day is so full, is so packed, and you have little to no time for God. Busyness is one of the things that the author in the Purpose Driven Life for today's um, devotional mentions. Busyness makes us feel like God is far from us. So to this year, we're planning to allow the Holy Spirit to reorganize our lives so that we can make room for God. Amen. Amen. All right, the third thing is deep conviction. So moving from read to rock. Now, the, name, the meaning of Simon is read. And a read is a thin, slender type of plant, you know, like a blade of grass. That is what a read is. But Jesus would look at Peter and say to him, Based on his understanding, that's Peter's understanding and affirmation of who Jesus is. We see that in Matthew 16, 16. He would say, Look, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. And goes on to tell him that you are Peter, and on this rock, which is Christ, I will build my church. But the meaning of Peter's name also means rock. But he moves from reed to rock. This was the same guy where we see earlier was just a fisherman. And even at that point, when he has that encounter with Jesus, a few verses later, maybe verse 21 or 22 or so, we see how Jesus would rebuke him because Peter rebuked Jesus first. So Jesus would talk about his plans, his purpose, actually. He would speak about his purpose, the fact that he was going to die, 
and resurrect and all that. Scripture says that we can read that in, so it doesn't look like I'm just quoting these things from my head. Matthew 16, if you refer to verses 22, if we can have it from 21 on the screen, let's read 21 first. It says, from that time, Jesus began to show to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised on the third day. Verse 22, then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. What does the word rebuke mean? What does it mean to rebuke? Reprimand. That's another big grammar, but thank you. Correct. Yeah? But it's to correct strongly. It's to warn strongly. To chastise. That's another word for it. So it's not that Peter took him aside and spoke to him. And we need to understand the language of the scriptures. When we see certain words there, it's okay to go check the dictionary and say, what, what does this thing mean in this context? It is that he's strongly warned him. Why we, why we talk like that? What's going on with you? Jesus will say to him, the kind of rebuke warranted Jesus' response. I said, get thee behind me, Satan. Get thee. I mean, this is the guy that Jesus, a few verses earlier, just called, flesh and blood did not reveal this thing to you. You are Peter. On this rock I will build my church, and the gate of Hades will not prevail against it. Two, get thee behind me, Satan. One of the things that I really like about Peter, which we see through his journey, is the fact that he was real with God. He was real with Jesus. Some of us code, we package. I mean, you package for your friends, and then you package for God. That's the part that I don't get. If you package for your friends, IG, small girl, big God, you know, this is how I woke up, and all that, it's okay. I mean, enjoy, if, if it makes you happy. But are you now package for God? It's time to talk, you, you want to talk to God, are you not saying it to him as it is? You're not unburdening to him as you should. Or you think it's okay to say, hey, well, God, so, you know, um, that's, that's, that girl that I slept with, really, it, it wasn't like that, you know, it was just, um, it, 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 it didn't mean, I, you know, it wasn't supposed to happen. God, I'm, uh, you get, right? You understand? It's, he doesn't say, God, help me. Because body count is increasing. Help me. We package for God. So here was Peter with Jesus every time he had an encounter with him. He would talk. His impulsive nature came to, you know, would always come out. He would say it as it is. His flesh sometimes came into play. And he's okay because he's work in progress. And those, those are the types of people Jesus is looking for. Because Jesus, we never, it was never recorded that Jesus, you know, casted him away. And said, you, you are not even just deep. How could you have been walking with me for this long and it's not reflecting in your character? You're just anyhow. Jesus didn't chase him away. And that is an encouragement for someone here and for you and I, actually, for everyone here. That, yes, yeah, sometimes we'll miss it. Sometimes our walk with God will not make sense. Sometimes he would rebuke us strongly. It's okay to take it because scripture records that the son that he loves is the one that he corrects. And for as long as you and I have positioned ourselves to be sons, we must be ready to embrace the correction. 
But I love the relationship Jesus and Peter had because Jesus made it into his, and um, Peter made it into Jesus' inner circle. When Jesus was going to go up the Mount of Transfiguration, Peter was one of the people he took with him. And Peter was the one who said, after, when he saw Moses, saw Elijah, you know, just said, ah, Jesus, let us just build tabernacles here for you all. Let's, do, let's make it a permanent something so that people watch, will come and be watched. Because when you put up a tabernacle, what are you trying to encourage? Yeah? You want people to come and worship there. You will just be there permanently. Moses does not need to go. He's just be visiting us. Elijah visit. Jesus could have said, oh, tear deep. You're just not deep. Of this entire experience, this is all that you can pick out of it. You want to permanent the matter. But Jesus didn't relate with him like that. He did not, he didn't, um, he didn't give up on Peter. And that is for someone here today. He didn't. Because he would look at Peter and he would say, Peter, Peter, ah, the devil has made a request. He has made a request. He wants to sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith will not fail. And when you have been strengthened, that you will strengthen your brethren. Jesus, again, remember, for someone here today, he's that shepherd that leaves the 99 and chases after the one. You, are, you matter to God. You are unique. And he wants to be able to deal with you and relate with you individually. With your weaknesses, with your baggage, with everything that you are, you know, with everything that makes up you right now. Because when he looks at you, when God looks at you, he looks at you through the sacrifice of his son. He looks at you through, and, through the blood of Jesus. He looks at me through the blood of Jesus. For those who have been in, in, in life point long enough, you'd have heard my God experience. If it was by the world standards, if I had existed in the time and day and age, you know, where uh, they caught that woman in adultery and things like that. I did not say I committed adultery. Let nobody go and <laughs> be assuming. But you get my point. And that's the thing. A lot of us are on, we are so ashamed and we feel so unworthy to walk in the callings and the graces of our lives. I had that struggle. But God is merciful. And someone needs to be liberated today to recognize that God wants you to emerge and evolve out of that cowardly, that timid, that um, insecure, that uh, person with a feeling of low self-esteem and a lack of self-worth into this bold, courageous, joyful, peaceful individual, the person that he has created. So when he sees you, he sees that end. He sees the butterfly. And he's just calling you to come up higher. Come. Let's walk together. Let me walk with you. Let me influence you. Let me change you. Let me help you live this life. It's not as deep as you think it is. Because when you were a child, you could not see beyond your nose. All that you ever saw of your life was maybe the pictures your parents painted for you. Maybe, maybe the pictures your friends painted, maybe what you saw on TV. But he's saying there is more to your life. There is more to you. And so we see how Peter would move from that place of deep conviction. Another level, we see, was where he had to start to confront his personal weaknesses. Where Jesus would say to him, you will deny me. I said, never. Me. Never. If you are looking for people that would deny, it can never be me. 
me that I'm in your inner circle, inner carcass. It's not possible. But we see how it happens a few days after. Before it happens, his temper comes into play. Very quick-tempered individual. He will slice off the ear of, of one of the guards that came to arrest Jesus. Peter did not hide himself. He showed himself as he truly was in presence of Jesus. And Jesus, obviously, lovingly would address his, his weaknesses and his concerns. But let's see what happens, because it doesn't end here. Peter's journey doesn't end here at all. So we're encouraged not to hide our weaknesses from God. His grace is sufficient for us, okay? Paul would say, I glory in my weaknesses. It was one of these, I boast in my infirmities. It was one of the declarations of Paul concerning himself. He recognized that I'm not perfect, but I recognize that my strength lies in my ability to acknowledge my weaknesses and to just stay where God has planted me so that he can continue to work on me. That I would leverage his strength and not focus on my weakness because when his strength is made manifest in me, my weaknesses begin to pale. They begin to disappear. I become more and more and more like him. And that's what he wants. So you're dealing with anger issues. There is hope. Anger has destroyed vital relationships in your life. But you can be better. You can be better. Because constant engagement with the Holy Spirit, it affects your character. The fruits of your regenerated spirit begin to be, you know, pure, loving. They begin to reflect the character and the nature of Jesus. And that's what he wants for us. All right, so the second thing, we've spoken about individual commitments, the steps that Peter took to engaging Jesus, becoming, you know, the version, whatever points, whatever that he became. Now, supernatural empowerment in the Holy Spirit. So Peter moves from Simon the Reed to Rock, becomes Apostle Peter. And we see how his life just completely changes by reason of... Um, the coming of the Holy Spirit upon him, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We see this in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. It says, Jesus will say to them, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth, and to the ends of the earth. So after the baptism of the Holy Spirit, Peter's emergence was accelerated. Peter's emergence was accelerated. See, the Holy Spirit's coming upon you. You engaging with the Holy Spirit will cause you to gain speed in certain areas of your life. Will cause age-long outstanding character issues to become non-existence. There's so much the Holy Spirit wants to do in our lives. We only need to give him permission this year, okay? So the Holy Spirit is the facilitator of a complete leveling up, a complete metamorphosis, just like the life cycle of that, of that butterfly. The Holy Spirit is the facilitator. He makes it happen. You cannot plan this year to live without the Holy Spirit. You should not. Let me say you cannot. You can. But you should not plan this year to live without engaging the Holy Spirit. It is so critical for business decisions, for career decisions or career progress, for your academics. The help of the Holy Spirit is so important. It's so important. There are certain things that the Holy Spirit will do for you that you cannot do by yourself. 
that people cannot do for you. And so we need him. And we'll see that um, in scripture. So Peter enjoyed supernatural utterance. 3,000 souls were one. This was the Peter that could not confirm that he knew Jesus at some point. Became that person that 3,000 souls were one at some point when he spoke. And another time, it was 5,000 people that got saved. A vibrant relationship with the Holy Spirit is precursor to operating under his auction, his unction. So we need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I'm trusting God for that baptism today for someone. That you will live here completely transformed. You know, and, and with the evidence of speaking in tongues, that that would be your reality in Jesus' name. Amen. So we need to cultivate our relationship with the Holy Spirit through prayer, which we're doing in this season. We're doing a lot of it in this season, so I want to encourage you to please join in through the study of his word, through the study of the word of God, the scriptures. is so important. So Acts 2, 37 says, now when they heard this, they were caught to their hearts. That was the people Peter spoke to. I mean, Peter's words were ordinary before the Holy Spirit came upon him, but he became that person that by the time the Holy Spirit, he got baptized in the Holy Spirit, his words was affecting people. His words were no longer ordinary. He said his words caught them to their heart. And they said to Peter and to the rest of the, disciples, the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Men and brethren, what shall we do? And somebody needs to understand this. Yes, so Peter and the apostles, yeah, they went about winning souls, you know, um, proclaiming the gospel and all. But where God has placed you in the marketplace, where God has placed you in your profession, where God has placed you in business, the industry you currently, you know, exist or, 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 or you serve, or you as a student in your academics, in your class, in your faculty, you can be different. You can be light. You can be light that would light up other lives. And that's what we're trusting God for as a church in this season, that our light will light up our generation. That is who God has called us to be. Not to be hidden, but to shine. So clearly here, by reason of the impact and the influence of the Holy Spirit, they spoke words that were not ordinary. People heard them in different languages. People heard them. It was as if they were speaking to their personal issues, and they said these guys were convicted. That's what it means to be caught to the heart. And they asked, what shall we do? I pray for someone here today that you are the person when they are looking for solutions in your industry, in your organization, in your department, in your faculty, it's you they will come to. Because they would have seen, they will realize, and they will perceive that you are with Jesus. That is my prayer for someone here. Amen. So the Holy Spirit can amplify the effect of your efforts to achieve mind-blowing outcomes. The second thing we see is that Peter experienced supernatural manifestations of power that led to great progress. Scripture would, recall, uh, would recount that his shadow began to heal the sick. This was the same Peter. I mean, do you, what, what we've tried to do this morning is to paint the journey of Peter, of his life. The same guy is the one that was endued with so much power. I mean, that's my shadow over there. <laughs> right? Yeah, and I have another one behind me here. His shadow was healing the sick. He was endued with so much power. But it was power that came by reason of relationship, that came by reason of staying, being planted in God and remaining planted. Okay? Now, there are measures of God's power that are only accessible through the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And Peter tapped into this. God expects us to do the same. The third thing is Peter had unusual courage and boldness to confront challenges. So whatever came before him, 
he was able to resolve. In Acts 4, 29, it says, Now, Lord, this is when they would pray, when they, they, they had warned them to stop preaching the gospel. They would go ahead to pray, Lord, look upon their threats. Grant to your servants that with all boldness we may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal, and signs and wonders will be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. So you see what happens. A lot of us want the outcomes, but we don't want to engage the process. The, the, the process is that you will stay, is that you will remain, that you will abide, that you will wait on the Holy Spirit. And then he comes upon you, baptizes you, fills you with power, and then you can begin to manifest. But we want to manifest, but we don't want to put in the work. There is work to be put in, guys. So God's plan for your life is not scoped around the things that you can achieve by yourself. If that is all your mind can conceive and conceptualize right now, you know, just marry, have kids, get a good job, and all, there is more to your life. There is, some, there, there, there is a bank in somebody's future. There, there is a hospital in somebody's future. There is a book to be written, a song to be sung. You know, there is a movie to be produced. The things that you are struggling right now, if, all, if, if it is achievable, you know, right within your own personal capacity, then you need to ask God for what are those big, hairy, audacious projects that is on your heart that you want done on earth? Can I sign up for one of those? That needs to be somebody's ask in this season. If you've looked at yourself like, oh, there's really nothing that I... You need to ask God, what are those audacious projects, those, those projects, what is on your heart, God, for this year? And how can I be a part of it? I would like to partner with the Holy Spirit in actualizing your plans and your purpose on earth. That needs to be our desire. That is where we are coming up to. So lastly, as I wrap up, and we will spend a couple minutes in prayer. Peter understood fully and fully harnessed the ministry of the Holy Spirit to be able to lead a church of loving and caring people. He utilized the help and the ministry of the Holy Spirit to be able to function effectively in his area of calling. Where has God put you? And how are you leveraging the help of the Holy Spirit? You are a CEO, you are a partner, you are an associate, you are a business owner, you are a student, you are a teacher, you are a medical professional, whatever it is, you are a consultant. Where God has put you, where you are currently working, where you are currently serving, how are you and I leveraging the help of the Holy Spirit to be able to produce results? to be able to deliver kingdom agenda in those areas, those spheres of influence. Because Peter did it. In his area of assignment, he leveraged the help of the Holy Spirit. I hope that you and I plan to do that this year. And so, in Acts 2.44, it says, Now all who were together had all things in common. Okay, this, is, this is just the scripture that shows how the early church communed together how they fellowshiped together, they ate, they drank, they studied the word, they praised God, they worshiped God, you know, with a lot of unity and togetherness. In fact, there's a portion that isn't in my notes here that I'm just reminded for someone's sake. When Peter's journey still continues, and we will see when he gets invited by Cornelius, and he will show up at Cornelius's house. Or before then, God, God had to have an engagement with Peter because God knows that Peter is working progress. So Peter's training over time 
has been, you know, I mean, he's Jew, obviously, and he went with the laws of Moses and all that. So there were all the things that have been called unclean, God, in his almightiness, will show up to Peter in a dream, will tell him to kill and eat, and he say, ah, God, that is, that's Peter for you. Peter did not say, okay, because you said it, I will go ahead and do it. Yeah, but God, these things, you've called them unclean now. They're unclean, I can't, because in me, I'm the one telling you to go ahead and eat and, and, and kill. Some of us will get instructions in this season that would defy every sense of logic. And I don't want to say spiritual reasoning. I'm just going to say, let our hearts be open to the instructions and the steps that the Holy Spirit would have us take in this season. It is so important that we commit to a lifestyle of obedience. We commit to a lifestyle of obedience. It will be unpopular. It will not follow the norm. It will not follow all the, you know, the indices that we're throwing around in the world today. What we need to know once we certify that this is God, we will follow and we will obey completely. Let us pray. Let us pray. And we're going to start off by just asking for a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit. Someone needs to surrender completely to God today. All through last week and even all the way up until today, the focus of the Purpose Driven Life Study has been on surrendering, has been on yielding, has been on, you know, just living a lifestyle of worship where God's priorities become our priorities. Is someone ready to release themselves to God today so that you can truly emerge like Peter? Come from that fisherman status to a full fledged, beautiful butterfly in all of its God colors. Someone needs to emerge, someone needs to evolve in their thinking in character, in lifestyle, that the quality of your life, you know, is completely different this year. That you are a proof producer and you are producing results. But it starts first with us releasing ourselves to God and surrendering to the Holy Spirit. So can we go ahead and just pray? All across the room and online, would you release yourself to God today and ask the Holy Spirit to take over? Ask the Spirit of God to take over your life. Pray for a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit. I'm reminded of the scripture where um, the angel will come to Mary and will tell her things that her mind could not conceptualize, things that were humanly impossible to achieve. But he would say to her that, because she would ask him, how will these things be? And someone might be asking, God, the things that you're currently showing me, the things that you are you know, impressing on my heart, I have no idea how to go about them. How will these things be? And I'm going to respond to you just the way the angel responded to Mary to say, you know, the, 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 the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest, the power of the most high will overshadow you. In the name of the Lord Jesus, will someone make that declaration today? Holy Spirit, come upon me. Take over my life. Take over my life. Take over my business. Take over the works of my hands. We're going to be spending a few minutes just praying over our businesses, our careers, and our academics. So can we just begin to declare? And feel free to take a position that is convenient and comfortable for you as you engage with God. Because part of the things we learned in our study this week in the devotional is that God wants our worship of him to be authentic. He wants our worship of him to, you know, to, 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 to be thoughtful, to be practical and to be accurate. So would you go ahead this morning and declare, Holy Spirit, take over my life. Holy Spirit, I yield to God's counsel. I yield to God's plans. I yield to God's purposes. Help me live this life that is pleasing to God. 
in the name of Jesus. I don't want to continue to see myself as, as an egg or a lover. I want to see myself as God sees me. That I will see myself as victorious. That I will see myself as healed if you are, you know, currently dealing with a health challenge. That I will see myself as whole. That I will see myself as forgiven. As God sees me is how I see my I see myself through the lenses of the blood of Jesus and the mercy of God. Would someone declare that over their lives today? That I see myself as a bold, courageous individual. I'm not timid. I, I, I'm not fretful. I see myself as one who's, who's, who's bold, who, who's not living in fear. Some of us are living in fear of uncertainty. We are living in fear of the unknown. And fear is driving our decisions almost to, to a place and a state of paranoia. So would you declare today? Holy Spirit, I yield to you concerning my finances. I yield to you today. In the name of Jesus, concerning the works of my hands, I yield to you today. I submit and I surrender my life to you. In the name of Jesus, that the power of the highest will overshadow me, will overshadow everything that I do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I would like us to just begin to pray for our businesses, for careers, for academics. And I want you to declare one of the things that God has said to us through um, our global lead pastor, Pastor Godman, is that he's removing embargoes. You know, whatever has looked like um, a, a season of delay, whatever has looked like it hasn't worked, that God is lifting embargoes in this season. You know, uh, whatever has been paused, whatever wells have been blocked, he's unstopping those wells for our sake. So would you just lift up your hands, whatever it is that you, whether it's a business you own, whether it's your career, your profession, whether you are a student, and just ask that God will breathe on the works of your hands. In the name of Jesus, would you declare over yourself that you are fruitful, you are a fruitful field. In the name of Jesus, nothing is permitted to die around you. Nothing is permitted to die around you. Whatever has refused to work so far, the, the, the siege has been lifted. The embargo has been lifted. In the name of Jesus, everything starts to work. Everything starts to bloom. You are a fruitful field. You are a well-watered garden. Declare that over yourself. I am a well-watered garden. I am a spring of water whose waters fail not. In the name of Jesus, this is who I am. All things are working for me. Things are working in my environment. In the name of Jesus, because I carry God, I carry his presence. The works of my hands are blessed. If there's someone here today who, you know, you're trusting God for a job, would you begin to call it into existence? And I declare over you that the doors of remembrance, doors of opportunities are opened up to you in the name of Jesus. I mean, we re remember the testimony of the lady that someone out of the blues just reached out to her last week to ask after having waited for over three years to get a job. Ah, I declare that anyone here under the sound of my voice in the room and online who's trusting God for, for, a, for a fruitful engagement, whether it's in business, you've submitted proposals, you're yet to hear back from, we declare in the name of Jesus, book of remembrance is open for your sake. Just the way the king would open the book of remembrance for Mordecai and will see the good deeds that Mordecai has done. Oh, your destiny helpers will remember your good deeds in the name of Jesus, the people that God has placed on your path, the people that the answers lie in their hands. We declare from this week, they begin to respond to the call of the Holy Spirit. They begin to respond and to yield to the, to, to the dictates and the instructions of God concerning your matter, concerning the work of your hands, concerning your business, concerning your career. If there be any students here who's currently struggling in the academics, oh, some lecturer is giving you a grief and placing unhealthy demands on you, I decree and declare that you carry God because by reason of the fact that you have shown up in God's presence today, 
that he will fight for you in the name of Jesus and he will give you peace. He will fight for you and he will give you peace. I pray for every business owner, everyone who is trusting God for open doors of opportunity, trusting God for responses. We declare that this week you are covered with favor as a shield and you attract favorable responses in the name of Jesus that the Lord is giving you answers of peace. Your destiny helpers are looking for you. Men are seeking you out to favor you. I declare over you that kings become your nursing fathers. Queens, your nursing mothers. Men of influence in the name of Jesus are seeking you out to solve problems for you. That you are positioned as a solutions provider. That the light of God is shining upon you. It is shining upon you and his glory has arisen over you. In the name of Jesus, in your career, you stand out and you shine as light. No longer shall you be veiled. Any veil covering any business, any veil covering any life, Today we declare that it is turned to shreds in the name of the Lord Jesus. We declare over you that the beauty and the glory of God is seen upon your life. Oh, he establishes the works of your hands this year in the name of Jesus. Every student in the house, would you declare by yourself that you are full of understanding in the name of Jesus. If you are currently engaging any professional development, declare by yourself that no question is too difficult for you to answer. And that you are filled with the wisdom of God. Scripture records concerning Daniel, the testimony of him was that he had impeccable brilliance. He was astutely wise. We declare in the name of Jesus that we are intelligent. We are acute, astutely wise in the name of Jesus. We are filled with the wisdom of God. We have the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ is evident in all that we do. The life of Christ is revealed in the works of our hands. In the name of Jesus. I'll pray for a last group of people, anyone who's currently indebted. I declare in the name of Jesus that help is locating you. Oh, Malakusanta Libaya. That bird in scripture speaks about God owning the silver and the gold. So we call forth resources over any business that is currently indebted, over any individual that is currently indebted. And it may not even be indebted, but you have bills staring you in the face. We declare in the name of Jesus for over every person that is trusting God for financial provision from the north, from the south, from the east, from the west, help locates you in the name of Jesus. Your hands are taught to bend bows of arrow. In the name of Jesus, your hands are taught to profit. In the name of Jesus, those ideas, those groundbreaking ideas, God is bringing your way in this season. In the name of Jesus, your eyes are open to see. Your heart is open and expanded to be able to incubate the thoughts of God concerning the works of your hands. In the name of Jesus, Mashata Kalebaya and Derebosa. Can we just begin to give God praise all across the room? Would you get, thank him? Thank him for the manifestations that you will begin to see from today. In the name of Jesus, you begin to receive the calls. You begin to see, you know, things changing and things transforming concerning the works of your hands, concerning your life. 
you begin to desire God more, that you are hungry and thirsty for him, not just for the things that he can do, but for who he is primarily. In the name of Jesus, Father, we thank you. And I want to give somebody here an opportunity today, very quickly before we wrap up the service. You don't know Jesus, or you used to know him, but you have strayed from him. You don't have a re an active relationship with him anymore. Everything that we've been talking about today, evolving, just using the life cycle of that butterfly, from the egg stage to the butterfly stage, the life that you have been called to live is in God's hands. He created you, he fashioned you before you were con conceived in your mother's womb. So may I please ask that you would surrender your heart to him today, that you would invite him to take over your life, to take over the will of your life, where it is that you have been, you know, dictating the, 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 the plans and, and, you know, running your own agenda. Would you just ask God to come in today? And if that is you, all eyes closed, all heads bowed. So we give you the privacy of the moment. You want to raise that hand and indicate so that our ministers can see you, our ushers will put a card in your hand. We just want to be able to support you on this journey. That's the reason why we are asking you to, to, to indicate. It is a personal decision between you and God, but it's also public because heaven rejoices when you come home. So we're asking you to come home. Come do life with us. More importantly, let the Holy Spirit take over your life. Let him lead you. Let him walk with you. If that is you, you want your life to begin to make meaning. You want to be able to enjoy God. And Jesus doesn't promise us a bed of roses. He says we will have trials, but the comfort that we have and the trust that we have in him is the fact that he will not leave us nor forsake us. So, I mean, life is hard enough living alone. You need Jesus. If that is you, do you want to raise that hand? And I will lead you in a prayer. Dear Father, we thank you. Please say this after me if you're, if you're rededicating your heart to Jesus or you're um, inviting him for the first time. Dear Jesus, I thank you. I'm grateful for your sacrifice on the cross for me. I acknowledge that I haven't quite lived the way you want me to, and I'm asking that you take over my life. Fill me with your spirit. Help me to live for you, and grant me the grace to embrace your love in all its entirety. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we thank you for this ones. We give you all praise, because we know that you will keep them, you will preserve them, and your spirit will strengthen them. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen and amen and amen. Do you want to put those hands together and celebrate Jesus for everyone that has given their heart to him, everyone that has surrendered to him. We're excited. And do you want to thank God for yourself? Do you want to put your hands together? Thank you for listening to a message from the LifePoint Church. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash LifePointNG.